What's going on, everybody? Jesse James here. I'm joined by Greg. What's going on, Greg? Hey, how's it going? So, um, we were going to have Greg, uh, Jason, and I, but uh, Jason's feeling a little under the weather, so we couldn't make it, but he'll be back on a future episodes, I'm sure. Um, but we just wanted to record real quick. Um, there's a whole bunch of stuff that's been going on, and uh, I've got a couple topics that I wanted to brush on. Greg, you've got a bunch of stuff too, so we're just going to jump right into it. I'll let you start it out, man. All right. So uh, some of the stuff that we've been seeing go on with this new Biden administration is some of the key players that he's brought into his cabinet, and like in specific, this group called BlackRock, and like they've they've been known to be basically like a fourth branch of the government. They have so much sway in all these things that that happen as far as finances go, and like these this group is. I feel like it's a pretty dangerous group just because of all the initiatives that they have that they're pushing with this globe, this uh, like green green efforts and uh, things like that, like having people that were involved with the Paris Accord. What's his name? Right. Uh, Brian Deese, who was a who was a advisor for the director of National Economic Council, and this guy right here uh, just got put into what position is he in the Biden administration? I don't even know, but he he just got put on. He just got put into one of these big economic positions on the the in the the Joe Biden administration, and some of the stuff that they've been involved with as far as the uh, the green stuff that they've been doing is that they've been trying to buy up all these coal manufacturers or coal uh, production companies, right? Coal development plants, and they're they're. They're holding shares of $11 billion among 56 plants developed. Jesus. So pretty much all of them. Like the yeah. Because yeah. yeah. what it seems like what they're trying to do is they're trying to buy up all of these and then make it so that they have the contracts for them to make it so that other people can't get in on that, on that ground floor of these businesses now. Right. Which is kind of funny because they're the first ones to preach, you know, like we got to find alternative fuel sources and right. renewable yep. energy, all sort of shit. And then here they are, like buying up all of our natural resources, so to speak, that provide our energy. Um, kind of like how Biden and uh, Hunter, you know, they're involved in that Ukrainian gas and oil company. Right. Same shit. I mean, it's it's hypocritical, but I I mean, it's pretty obvious with what they're doing. You know, they want yeah, to control. Yep. So. Yeah. They're 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 what what it seems like what they're doing is that they're having all these private companies do that in air quotes because they're not private companies. They're doing everything that they're doing at the behest of the government. The government is they're whispering in the government's ear and they're telling them all the initiatives that they want to have passed. And then the government is just saying, well, it's a private, it's a private company that's doing it, but it's benefiting them with all their lobbyists. All the things that they're doing are directly beneficial to the government. And this, especially BlackRock itself, because this, this is one of the biggest, uh, uh, financiers in the world. Like this place is, they have contracts that like the major banks in the country don't have. Right. Yeah. I did a little bit of digging onto them because, I mean, there was just so much stuff that you could find on them. Their website alone was kind of like a treasure trove of like what they're what, like all the holdings and stuff that they have with like all their fingers and everything. It was right. kind of pretty scary because they're almost like a second Federal Reserve in a sense, but they have yeah. instead of just being you know part of the U.S. so to speak, they're everywhere. They're in everything. Um, yeah, I I pulled a couple of pieces from their website because it's just crazy, like. Uh, there's a lot of focus on their website when it comes to the U.S. and China rivalry. Um, racial equity is like another big kind of like uh, keyword thing that keeps popping up in their like mission statement and their goals and all that kind of stuff. 
Um, like I'll just read this right here. So this is right from the BlackRock Investments website. Um, underneath their, I believe it's their mission statement here, or their uh, goals rather. But it says the pandemic has accelerated geopolitical transformations such as a bipolar U.S.-China world order and a rewiring of global supply chains for greater resilience. We believe investors need exposure to both poles of global growth. So, <laughs> so they're, they're just focused strictly on U.S. and the U.S. and China right now, which is, I think, kind of convenient. Right. And then with that, that makes it even that makes all the stuff that Biden was involved with even worse, just because of the the policies that he's going to put in place that just directly benefit China. Right. And like the, the how how the black how BlackRock being involved, because all of this stuff that we're going to lose as far as us being energy independent is going to directly benefit China. Yeah, it, it's just crazy because the whole election effort, right, was just like anybody but Trump, pretty much, because the vast majority of people that voted for Biden simply just didn't like Trump anymore. Right. At all. And they get this guy elected thinking that, like, oh, he's got to be better. And so far, he's done nothing but sell us out. <laughs> and yeah, just yeah. Pass it. Um, BlackRock, though, man, like, they are heavily focused on China. Like, um, this little blurb that I copied uh, into my page here, uh, right from their website, it mentions China probably like 20 times. Uh, right. The yeah. bullets alone is all risk to China exposed assets, China's high debt levels, uh, US China conflict. I mean, it's repeated several times. Um, I'll, I'll put this up on the page uh, too and I'll provide a link as well. But um, they said that the pandemic a bunch of times, yeah, rising inequality within and across nations, all sorts of stuff. Um, they talk about how like traditional retail is basically going to become non-existent anymore like everything's going to be online um there probably won't be any more like stores like brick and mortar stores pretty soon mm-hmm. um you know and which kind of ties into this whole like um the government wants to uh pass this 15 an hour minimum wage which is easily going to kill the majority of jobs in the u.s right there um yeah, I think that with them wanting that, like the, something that trips me up with the the whole fifteen dollar minimum wage is the companies that are trying to push for this fifteen dollar minimum wage are companies that can afford to have this happen. Because you have uh, like Google, Twitter, all these uh, Amazon, all these companies that generate enough money and had money grow while the while the pandemic was at its at its highest stage, they can afford to do this by them. Getting this fifteen dollars minimum wage, it effectively puts all their other companies out of business, and anything that they can produce, Amazon, anything that they can produce, Amazon can just do it themselves. So it exactly. takes it takes another, it knocks off a lot of their competition by them doing that. So it's pretty much, I mean, just like a like a creation of a giant monopoly. Right? Yeah, you know, yeah. With, with government like support we, and backing. <laughs> yeah, we've definitely gotten to the point where these like big tech and then these big companies like Google and. Or I guess that is big tech, but Amazon and then Amazon also having their web service, they are pretty much the arbiters of what it is you can and can't say, what it is you can and can't buy. And then we have that situation with the stuff on Wall Street that happened as well. Right. Which, yeah, the, the Occupy Wall Street 2.0 type stuff. Um, I'm, I've actually got that on here to, to get into here in a little bit. Um, that's the whole GameStop, GME, uh, Citadel Financial, all that kind of stuff. We're going to dig into that too because that's been massive. Um, pretty much like the establishment telling us, you know, you can't manipulate our money, only we can type shit. But I'll right. say that for a little bit here. Um, but with BlackRock too, I mean, um, they've got ties to the SEC, obviously, because they have to report to the SEC and all sort of kind of stuff. 
which the SEC is just corrupt as hell, in my opinion. I mean, they allow these uh, you know, stockbrokers and different companies, whatever else, to manipulate our currency, which we'll get into it again with that uh, GameStop fiasco. Um, but with BlackRock, I think it, how many trillions of dollars were they uh, in charge of in different accounts? I, th- I want to say it was like $29 trillion. Yeah, yeah. They they they, um, they have mo- they have more money that they're involved with than we have is in debt in this country. Right. <laughs> I mean, what are we twenty seven twenty seven trillion dollars? In counting, yeah, um, I th- yeah, I think twenty seven was like the last number when I looked at it here. That was that. that <laughs> that's gonna. I'm sure that's gonna go up quite a bit with what they oh, have on on slate for these next policies going forward. Yeah, Biden just wants to instead of reopening the economy, letting people get back to work, he just wants to print more money. Right. And try to give out these stimulus checks and all sort of stuff, which again, the stimulus checks, I mean, it's like peanuts. Uh, yeah, for, the for sure. Of us, you know what I mean? Um, like $600, like that that wouldn't even cover most people's bills, even if they were living in poverty. You know what I mean? Like, right. Uh, in the meanwhile, they're printing all this money, they're generating all this, you know, new currency and whatnot, and they're just paying themselves with it. Um, I mean, it's literally the like the equivalent of like just tossing breadcrumbs. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, exactly. Because if you if you if you're running if you're running a business and all these businesses that were trying to get in to get that money that they were giving out with that first stimulus, and then you have these bigger corporations that shouldn't have been getting it, getting it. These companies that didn't get that money, like the, this couple thousand dollars, even if it were to be a couple thousand dollars, isn't going to be enough. Their staff's going to be let off work. All the all the product that they lose, if it's a restaurant, all those kinds of things add up to where this little bit of money that they're giving people is just going to be ineffective and it won't do anything. It's not going to stimulate the economy either. And if it does, it's just going to go back into the pocket of these major major uh, companies. Right. And then with the, with them just tossing the breadcrumbs, you know what I mean? That's going to forever make the U.S. populace like for, you know, sticking their hand out constantly. Right. Can I have another hand out? Can I get another stimulus? Can I get another stimulus? Yeah. It only helped me buy for you know a month or something. Like just constantly. That's a, that's another thing that goes back into the Obama administration because they were thinking that it's a good thing to have all these people on on uh, on food stamps when Obama was the president, and right. that we finally because in in between when the coronavirus started and then probably about like three four months ago the unemployment like was cut in half pretty much just because you had right. states that were they were willing to open up the economy again, but then you have these you have the states that have the highest population with the exception of of Florida. That are trying to keep their states locked down, and I think that what they're trying to do is just make it so that the government's going to bail them out for policies that had nothing whatsoever to do with the coronavirus. Oh yeah, New York in particular. Um, I think Cuomo had that expectation that the government was going to bail out his state because, uh, and I think we've covered this in a previous uh, episode too, is that if you look at New York State's finances prior to the uh, epidemic or the pandemic excuse me uh, new york was literally facing bankruptcy as a state mm-hmm. and then you have this the, the pandemic come in and it's the perfect excuse to start like hey can we get a handout can you bail right. us out big government and i think cuomo like wholeheartedly had his you know mindset on that because um he allowed like pretty much all small business to be affected uh, i think they said it was over 60 percent of business small business in the country alone is never going to reopen um new right. york is a huge contributor to that Plus, um, his whole nursing home scandal where he allowed all of his elderly to die, um, you know, for the, the money that you would get uh, for anyone that tested positive for the most part or required hospitalization. Um, everybody listening, you can look that up. That's in the CARES Act that they passed. Yeah. Um, and so I think, yeah, he, he saw a dollar signs. He saw a way to 
probably not even pay his debts off in the state, but just get more money in general. And right. Pandemic was a, a great reason for him to do it. Now, Trump obviously didn't give a shit, um, even accused him of pretty much committing like elderly genocide. Right. Uh, which, <laughs> uh, the you, I'm sure you saw the report, Greg. Uh, his numbers, his nursing home numbers, are actually higher because they yeah, found yeah. people that died outside of the nursing homes. Yeah, and then there was a there was an interview that he had where he kind of basically got caught in that situation. He's like, "Who cares? Who cares yeah. where these people died?" Right? It's just it just goes to show how completely like tone deaf that he is. Like, I don't, I can't, I don't understand how anybody can look at the job that he's done and think that he's done anything that benefits people. All he's done is just made his personal wealth grow by making exactly. his little stupid book. Yep, he, he's a complete or authoritarian tyrant in New York, and honestly. Anyone north of Poughkeepsie, if you're from New York, you know that pretty much south of Poughkeepsie is considered the city. But everybody in what's considered upstate hates the guy. Not a single yeah. person. If you even look at the electoral map of, uh, you know, for the last uh, gubernatorial um, election that they had, nobody north of the freaking city voted for him, except for like a handful of counties. They're mm-hmm. all red in upstate New York. So the city literally keeps the cronyism and the corruption alive in New York State. And I'm sure it's the same way for California. I haven't really looked into it, but the majority of California is rural as hell. It's just the right. cities that swing the elections, you know. Uh, but Cuomo's a total piece of crap. He allowed his state to tank. He killed a lot of his people willingly uh, for the sake of getting federal dollars. And I think that's absolutely disgusting. Um, yeah, this BlackRock stuff, though, I did want to share this, this one last thing here. Um, it's kind of funny because one of the bullets in under their um, it had to do with like their their pandemic approach and also their mm-hmm. uh, the last bullet here says it has also accelerated winner takes all dynamics that have led to the outperformance of a handful of tech giants in recent years. We see tech as having long term structural tailwind uh, tailwinds despite its increased valuations. Yet it could face challenges from higher corporate taxes and a tighter regulation under a united democratic government. That's kind of concerning. I, I don't know. Yeah, for real. <laughs> like they're they're focused on the big tech giants and they're focused on this this like they said unified democratic government. Last time I checked, our con- or our constitution we're not a democratic government. Right, right. Constitutional, a constitutional republic. republic. Right, and that that democracy shit slowly got crept in over the decades, you know, and now we basically just have an empire in place rather than. A, a republic in general. Yeah, yeah, we've we've definitely got to a point now to where it's just it's pretty much an oligarchy, where you have yeah. these companies, these companies that are supposed supposedly not government entities, and they're controlling everything that we're doing. Like they even like right. Google, Google and Twitter and Facebook and YouTube. All of those companies can control what we see, who says it, and when it's said. Like they can with a swipe of with a swipe of a pen, they can just get rid of anything that they don't want. Perfect right. example is the Hunter Biden situation, which. A couple days ago, Time Magazine had a little article that came out with. They were basically saying, "If we had done this, this is how we would have done it." Right. With the whole thing, <laughs> yeah. with the whole, with the whole affection, the how it affected the the the, the election. There's a lot of things that they did that they were called out on, and people got suspended off of uh, social media platforms for saying something about it. I don't know how many how many channels got demonetized. I mean, Parlor itself is entirely gone. I don't even know if they're ever yeah. coming back. Uh, Dan Bongino um, said it was supposed to come back tomorrow, but who knows? And yeah. I don't know how efficient it would be anyways, because if it's probably going to be on some independent server or somewhere. Right. Somebody I can see if, if, if they do, if they do come back, I can see it being like riddled with glitches and I don't think that it's going to be the same product it was before. 
Yeah. And, and I like the idea of parlor. I just didn't really know how to use it. Um, yeah. It's kind of like a, like a conservative Twitter. You have to build a following all that kind of stuff and like hashtag stuff, whatever. I just really didn't get it. I had an account on there, but mm-hmm. it's obviously, but, um, yeah. And the funny thing too, is like you, you mentioned like good tech controlling the flow of information and what we see and, and how we can react and all that kind of stuff. Um, you know, there was a the huge argument a couple months ago about, um, you know, was it a violation of our first amendment rights? And of course you have people on the left of the aisle that were like, no, it's not because private companies, they can do whatever they want. But like you said, Greg, when they literally control every facet of information and, and the flow of it, I don't see how that's not a violation because like, like Trump being kicked off of every social media platform. Right. I have, I, I literally have not seen anything that he's been able to say to just in general, not even necessarily to defend himself, but, um, when you only have specific platforms that you can post that stuff to, uh, to express your concerns, opinions, whatever, um, I don't see how that's not, uh, you know, a violation of the first amendment. And it, it's 1984 ish, like hell. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, you've even got, um, I'm sure you saw the article this past week, Greg, from New York Times saying that uh, Biden should have a minister of uh, uh, information, I believe it was. Yeah, and somebody, yeah. Yeah, somebody said it was super uncanny to the minister of truth in 1984, you know? Yeah, because yeah, that's, that's what they want. That's what they want. If you have any, if you have something that it goes against the narrative of what they want people to hear, then they either try to discredit you or remove you from, from the public square so that you can't talk about what it is that you're talking about. And AOC, right. AOC, who's a person who has never been honest about anything that she's talked about, she's one of the people who's trying to push for this. Oh, yeah. Yeah, and you had Pelosi uh, a couple of years ago saying that, um, you know, it wouldn't be a bad idea to have a state-run and operated media. Um, I'm like, that's that's like right out of the USSR, man. Like, right. I don't know how people can't see the forest for the trees. Yeah, and it even says in the Constitution that Congress shall make no laws that infringe upon the first right, the, 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 the First Amendment. Like, they're not going to make exactly. any laws that tell you whether or not you can say things. But that's the first yeah. thing that they go to. Yeah, yeah, then they control the flow by means of private companies air quotes right um it's it's ridiculous um now i did want to talk about the the sec the securities and exchange commission um their acting chair is allison heron lee um i didn't really do too much digging on her but the sec so blackrock has um basically more assets that they manage and operate um that's greater than our current deficit of 27 trillion now the sec says that uh, Main Street investors reflect the fact that American households own $29 trillion worth of equities or more than 58% of the U.S. equity market, either directly or indirectly through mutual funds, retirement accounts, and other investments. Now, when you look at the stuff that happened between or with the, the uh, GameStop, GME, Citadel, Robinhood, all that kind of stuff, um, it, it kind of makes sense as to why they reacted the way they did. And I'm not condoning it, obviously, because big government can go screw itself, but... Mm-hmm. Um, when we when we hold that much money in the private populace, essentially, um, that we can start swaying and affecting their outcomes and their manipulations in the stock market. Um, I mean, we literally watched them sweat bullets. Over the right. Um, and actually, oh, my hyperlinks aren't working. I was going to try to open up these pages here. Um, but unless you've been living under a rock, you know, you've seen uh, the GameStop fiasco and it's basically... A bunch of shit posters from Reddit uh, went in and they started investing into companies that uh, different stockbrokers and stuff were intentionally shorting, hoping that the uh, they would fail. They were all in a, a hedge fund. 
and they were using the online or the digital app called Robinhood there to do it, which is connected to Citadel Financial. They're the owners operators there. Uh, but they ended up inflating those stocks and thus making those investors that hedge fund manager owe like billions of dollars, <laughs> 70, 70 billion, uh, something along those lines. And then now this week, um, I saw that the GameStop stock was basically tanking because of the reactions of those other hedge fund managers and stuff like that. Um, there was a, an attempt to bait and switch people into uh, was that buying silver? Stuff. Yep, the silver stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, even Tim Pool called it out. I love Tim Pool, Greg. I know you listen to him just by daily here. Um, he flat out said like that is the fakest news that he has seen in a long time because they were trying to get people like CNN, MSNBC. All these different uh, leftist outlets, they were trying to get people to buy silver stock, not necessarily um, silver metal, um, and detract from or distract rather from the GME stocks. But he said, if you know, you go to Reddit, which I did, uh, there wasn't a single subreddit in there that was telling people to buy stock, even though really? the articles in the mainstream were saying, like, oh, go buy silver stock. They were saying the opposite. Well, well, uh, the subreddit Wall Street Bets was saying the opposite don't buy, don't buy stock or silver stock, excuse me. Um, so it was all an attempt to get people to, uh, away from the GameStop. Now, I haven't really followed it since then, but the last I looked, the GameStop stock was tanking. It was mm-hmm. under 100 bucks. Um, where I think the highest it was like, what, over 400, I think? Yeah. Like yeah. Um, but yeah, man, they were pissed. And it was completely ridiculous. Um, you know, they get to manipulate our currency all the time. But when a bunch of us poors do it, then it's a problem. Like, that just doesn't make sense. Yeah. It just it it shows the the way that they view themselves as the the actual like emperors of what we do. The same thing happened with the attack the attack on the the capital. We had people being attacked and cities being attacked all summer long, and people's lives actually being ended. Their 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 businesses being destroyed. But the second that something like the second that we step foot into their like holy domain, that's when they want to start doing stuff like that and shutting everything right. down and having police force. Uh, there was one article that I found that was pretty funny because it involves like my favorite dumbass comedian Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> uh, <laughs> did you see what he said? No. About the whole GameStop shit. Okay, so ultimately the subreddit Wall Street Bets uh, were the ones that kind of funded that whole fiasco there, um, the Robin Hood scandal, whatever else. Jimmy Kimmel went on his show. Uh, this was dated February 1st year, right? It's a little old, but he was on his show and he flat out said that uh, the subreddit uh, people were potentially Russian disruptors. That seems like it's a go-to with every, uh, that seems like it's a go-to with all this stuff. Anytime something happens, it's automatically just Russians. Same thing with the Hunter Biden situation. When that started coming out, they're saying that it was Russian bots or Russian, Russian agents. And it's just funny that that comes from the side that has the most ties to Russia. Right. Yeah. Like the left side definitely has a lot more association with Russia. Like speaking of, you said something about Dan Bonagino earlier and like I read his book Spygate and he was talking about the amount of the amount of association that went on between the Democratic Party and the Russians. How they have any ability to say anything about Trump having any kind of association with the Russians is ridiculous because you can it's verifiable, verifiable, verifiably proven that. The DNC paid for that Steele dossier, and all the information that they were trying to dig up on Trump was done between the DNC, Hillary Clinton, and the Russians. Donald Trump right. didn't have anything to do with them. All the only the only business he had involved with Russia was something he was doing with his Trump hotels. It had nothing to do with right. Russia at all in the election. Yeah, legitimate business. 
he uh, he wanted to put one in Moscow, didn't he? Yeah, yep. Hotel, yeah, which God forbid the guy has overseas business, like right, gonna be a hub for super spy shit or something. I don't freaking know. Which is kind of funny too, because uh, for as much as the left likes to point fingers at Russia, Russia's been awfully quiet. I have, I, yeah, I think I've seen maybe maybe like one or two, maybe a handful of statements from the Kremlin, like right. saying like, no, we don't have anything to do with this, or they're ridiculous, or whatever. Um, but they've been awfully quiet about this. Like, yeah, every time well. The- the same day that there was that little thing that happened at the Capitol building, there was information that was, uh, I think it was from the director of national intelligence that said that there was a huge major hack into American institutions Yeah, that's that same day. But I just think it's convenient. I think it's convenient. Like I don't trust anything the government tells us, but for them to put so much, they put so much stock in the situation that happened on, on the six, but then they entirely just code over the fact that there was a huge uh, security hack to a whole bunch of institutions that should be like should be pretty heavily uh, protected, but that stuff like did not make its way into the major media at all. Like I didn't hear right. anything about it. I think the only place I heard it was, I think that someone on Blaze reported it, and I think that was it. There wasn't very many stories yeah. about it. I did uh, remember seeing one of uh, Biden's executive orders uh, relax some security that Trump had put into place that uh, had to do with our infrastructure. And one of them being like our national power grid. Mm-hmm. And for 90 days, he paused this action that, that Trump took to, to secure it. Um, and I know China was just over there like Birdman rubbing their hands together. You know what I mean? Right. It's been speculated for a while that China had been planning or has been planning like, to use some kind of like electromagnetic pulse bomb against us to literally kill all of our power, which would take down our defenses as far as like, because we have like um, like an atmospheric missile defense system that's you know, in the works since the 80s. and you know, now it's completely advanced. Um, and granted, I'm not an expert in this means like at all, but I would think if you wiped out the U.S. electronically, um, we would have no way to defend ourselves against ICBMs at that point. Right. But it's all too convenient. Biden wants to, you know, pause restrictions for 90 days, which are probably more than enough time for somebody to hack into that crap. Just like, you know, they hacked their institutions before. Right. Um, it's, it's nuts. Um, Biden's executive orders are, uh, I've actually got this down here. I've got a couple links for that. Dude signed over 40 so far. Yeah, and that's insane. Supposedly, it's all just reversal of Trump policy, which, again, show me any of those policies that didn't benefit Americans that Trump signed, for one. And for two, uh, Biden is a hypocrite by his own standards, and I've said this quite a few times on Facebook. Um, the dude called, you know, the act of signing executive orders to bypass Congress and all that kind of stuff, you know, but that's what dictators do. And then here this term is the first couple of weeks in his, in his um, presidency here, and he's done nothing but sign executive orders, like snaps yeah. and stacks like this. There's been uh, some audio <laughs> from the first week there. Um, I don't think it was leaked. It was on the mainstream here, I guess, but you can kind of hear Biden say, oh, what's this one? And then you hear Kamala on the side saying, oh, oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that dude has no idea what the hell he's doing. He, they're really just putting these freaking binders in front of him. He opens it up, signs it, here you go. It's, yeah, and if, and I don't know if I don't know if people have seen exactly what these bills look like. It's not like it's just a piece of paper that says straight up what it is. Like there's a whole bunch of legal, uh, complicated jargon inside of them. And the way that he acts, I have a hard time believing that he understands any of the stuff that's in him. Yeah, I just uh, <laughs> I shared a video yesterday. Um, they showed Biden walking in with his wife to uh, they look like the. Um, like a side entrance. I can't remember what the one is. The one where um, Trump hired that little kid to mow the lawn two years ago. That entrance to the White House. Anyways, 
He's walking up and there's Marines standing there because you know there's Marines at every door that guard the White House there. Is that when they and, say salute, uh, salute the troops or something? Right, yeah, salute the Marines. And so <laughs> it's just been rumored that Biden just has an earpiece in all the time. And, like somebody's just, you know, telling him what to do at all times because he just doesn't have the cognition to freaking do it himself. So they're like, yeah, this, this walnut, you know, has no idea where the hell he is. He just does whatever that earpiece tells him to do. Mm-hmm. So the earpiece told him, salute the Marines. And instead of actually doing it, yeah, there was there was someone that I had listened to on, on I don't know what it was, but they were talking. It was a person who was like a body language expert, and they were saying right. that people who people who have like a cognitive problem, or if they're on some kind of medications, it's like a psychological drug that when they walk, they don't move their arms, like they yeah. just let their arms just kind of hang limp. And then like I've right. seen Joe Biden walk, and that's kind of exactly how he walks. Yeah, that. Good. <laughs> He definitely like like not even trying to be mean because I'm I'm not and I don't care if I am anyway. But that guy seriously like you you can't tell me that he isn't having some kind of cognitive decline. Oh, because he loses he loses he loses track and the amount of time that he's in the media light. Like you remember how often that Donald Trump would give press conferences? He'd go out on the lawn every day and talk to him. He would stand there and actually like have have them ask questions. It's not like he ever got softball questions or nice questions. But he would answer the questions. There were, his answers were never good enough, but he'd still answer them. But Joe Biden, right. they they never give him hard questions, and it's hilarious to see people think that the media is the same kind of media that it was. Even what? Yeah. How long has he been president? Three weeks now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It, you had Trump doing rallies like every other week too. Um, you know, before the re-elect or the election on re-election, before the election, all that kind of stuff. And they accused Trump of having like early signs of dementia, and I didn't pick that up from him at all. Um, it's just it's stupid, yeah. But and then when it comes to the media too, that they're completely softballing the shit out of Biden and his uh, his press secretary there, Jen Zaki, whatever her name is. Um, she was even accused last week of asking the reporters for questions beforehand before yeah. doing a, a couple of her uh, um, briefings there, and she's like the queen of circle back. Um, yeah, yeah. She never, she never <laughs> has an answer. She's always like, "Oh, I'll look into that and get back to you." Like that's what I tell people when I don't know shit. <laughs> like, right? Uh, yeah, I, I think she's just ridiculous already. I mean, she's been in government for a while too. Um, she's done different um, press positions, all that kind of stuff. Um, but for her to be Biden's uh, press secretary, uh, it's just all too convenient. And she is, like I said, the queen of circling back. She's the queen of dodging questions. Um, I don't really think she knows a whole lot of anything. I don't think they really tell her anything. Um, you know, she's just a decent face to look at. And, yeah, she can somewhat handle herself under pressure. So it'd be kind of fun to or interesting to see how his press goes um, after a couple of weeks here. Because a lot of those uh, press conferences, too, like, even leftist media are kind of hard, I think. Mm-hmm. Like, their attitude and their presentation when they ask questions. So. We'll see how it goes. Um, yeah, but one one thing pertaining to the the executive orders that Biden has put put forth, like I'm looking at a list right. of all of them right now, and like you look through them and you see immigration, ethics, and then through the middle of them, there's like a solid like seven or eight of them that are equality, 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 <laughs> environmental equality. Right. But like all of the all of these these ones that they're pushing for and saying that they're where is it? There's one that's for equality, but it's the removal of the 1776 commission, which the 1776 commission was basically put in place to combat the 
horrible 1619 project. And one of the things that that administration did within the first few hours of being in office is that they removed the 1776 commission from the White House page, entirely got rid of it. Like, oh, I, th yeah. I think that that's a I think that some of these because looking at a lot of them right now, I'm, now that I'm seeing this, a lot of these are just them undoing policies. And he even said that in an interview that we're just trying to undo bad policies by the previous administration. When a lot of these what policies, you when you when you look when you look through them and you actually see all the see what it is that they're uh, covering, these policies that were in place were more beneficial for American citizens. These policies yeah. that they're removing are taking safeguards away from American citizens and putting them in a in a vulnerable place. Yeah, like one of this. There's one right here that's a uh, the the asylum seekers that if they're coming from Central America have to stay in Mexico. <laughs> did you did you see that one where if they're coming from Central America, if they're claiming to be asylum seekers, they have to stay in Mexico because you can't come through, like go through another country to claim right. asylum in another country. They've removed that right. policy. Uh, I got I got one link pulled up here. It's like 40 something. Uh, the Market Watch link. Um, Uh, we'll revoke, revoke order that aims to exclude undocumented immigrants from census. Why are we counting undocumented people? They're not citizens. Right. Um, talk about swaying elections there and delegates. Uh, yeah. Reserve for DACA, which helps streamers, which uh, <laughs> you brought up the uh, immigration to uh, his immigration plan. Uh, to me, that's just like a pure slave system. Um, so his, his new bill that he wants to pass here, I don't think it has passed yet, has it? I don't think so. I don't think it has yet either. Uh, but basically, for the 11 million known illegal or non-resident um, immigrants that are in the country, uh, they have an eight-year window where they can, um, you know, apply for citizenship or at least start the process. Even though most of them probably had decades to do it, um, but it allows them to work and pay taxes. But there is no promise of them becoming citizens at the end of that eight years, so they can still get deported. In the meantime, they'll continue to work and pay taxes. Um, that, how is that not like creating a serfdom for those people? Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because it's like, yeah, you can you can uh, pretend you're a citizen. <laughs> it's not even only doing that; it's giving them a false sense of security because they'll just right. they'll think that like you're going you're going through all the proper channels to become a citizen and have the full rights of a citizenship. But then at at any given time, they can just be like, well, you know what? We're not going to go through with that. Sorry. Right. Yeah. And who knows? I mean, eight years, Biden. I mean, he might even just have this this one stand of presidency, this four year um, election, and then who knows, twenty twenty two or not twenty twenty two, twenty twenty four, excuse me. Um, you know, Trump might even become president again, or, or someone else, and they right. might even just nix it. They might pull a Biden and freaking EO that that immigration policy away. Um, but his list of executive orders as of February fourth, man, is just extensive. And like you, I mean, you're completely right, Greg. A lot of them have to do with like equality. Mm -hmm. uh, social issues, which uh, that's kind of the least of our concerns, I think, at this point as a nation. Um, right. And then here, this, there's one here that I don't think I don't understand how this is something that can be taken serious to create a COVID-19 health equity task force to help ensure equitable pa transdemic pandemic response and recovery. So what they're doing, what they're doing with this is they're. You would think that the people like with how, how they say this virus is you think the people who would be the most needed for the vaccines would be the people who are vulnerable to it, being the elderly people or people with compromised immune systems. But what they're doing is they're applying they're applying race to a situation where race doesn't need to be applied at all. 
why does why is someone like how is someone who is how is like a 35 year old black person or a 35 year old hispanic person how are they more susceptible to a virus that isn't susceptible to a, a demographic like that like it's right. not it, they're applying race to situations where race has no has no bearing whatsoever and then having a having <laughs> stopping the United States withdrawal from the the w the WHO and having Anthony Fauci become head of the <laughs> the delegation wow Dear god yeah I, Fauci that dude oh my okay so since our last recording uh he's flip-flopped um i think twice now so he initially said that um you know wearing a mask accurately last year you know it's not really going to do anything there's no evidence to suggest that a mask would help blah 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 meanwhile china was buying up all the ppe right having their um you know people send it back to china or whatever because that was back when china was still denying on a world stage anyways that oh we don't have a problem with it here we're all good um meanwhile they're sending all their ppe back to china so then once china apparently had enough ppe then fauci says oh yeah you know it wouldn't hurt to go buy a mask or wear one do this do that blah blah, blah. um and then he flip-flops again and says well if one mask you know was pretty good then it just makes two sense masks is common sense yeah right and then the meme started flying where it was like you know just wear a whole damn box and it was fauci with really just a box of masks on his face you know and, uh, people made jokes they're like, yeah, Fauci says if you wear a whole box of masks, you can like end racism, right? And all sort of dumb shit. Um, but it, the dude has just flip-flopped. And now with the vaccine, because of these supposed new strains that are coming out of COVID-19, um, you know, the more virulent uh, strains of it that are more lethal and symptoms are more severe, blah, 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 that, you know, two doses of the vaccine, whether it's Pfizer or Moderna, um, aren't enough. So now they're considering a third booster shot. Which I think is just an excuse for them to literally use the world as guinea pigs. Yeah, yep, they are too. I'm not going to get too deep into it because we could literally spend hours talking about mRNA-style vaccines, but the majority of experiments um, and trials and all that kind of stuff have never left clinical trial uh, in controlled study, and the majority of mRNA vaccines have been focused on uh, cancer treatment. Um, they did actually see some success with tumor treatments and where I think uh, they went uh, – Cancer patients, some cancer patients, I think 13% of them rather, were uh, tumor-free for up to two years before needing another uh, vaccine or another shot. So, But uh, mRNA vaccines for uh, viral infections and all that kind of stuff, never done before. Right. Never, never done before. It's all been uh, kind of drawing board, yeah, we'll pursue it down the road type stuff. But And now the one thing that people fail to realize or remember anyways is that this is – the vaccine is still only for FDA emergency use. It's not – FDA approval. Right. It's, oh shit, last ditch effort. This could help. Try it type approach. Um, I'm extremely skeptical um, because, especially when you have two of the largest, world's largest pharma companies, Moderna and Pfizer, um, kind of joining up with the government like that to just really start pumping people full of this vaccine that's basically brand new and experimental. No, thank you. I'll pass. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, they offered it. They offered it in my job, and I was like, no, nah, I'm good. The thing that was funny. The thing that was funny to me is that they were putting up signs that were saying things like uh, uh, "theory debunked," and it would be stuff that's like, "But you didn't debunk it. You just made me more nervous by saying that to me." So there's no, right. there's no reason I'm going to get that now. No shit. Uh, yeah, I'm going to trust. Like to say, 
saying things like there is no microchip in it. And I'm like, I didn't, I'm not saying that there's a microchip in it. Now that you guys said that, I think that there's something up with you guys having documentation on who has a vaccine. That makes me uncomfortable. Right. And then you have to carry your card, you know, to prove your right. card and all your boosters. Yeah. Cause when, um, they, when, they, when people were getting that vaccine, I've never in my entire life seen little immunization cards. I've never seen that until now. I don't know if I don't know if other people have, but I've never seen them like have an uh, immunization record that you get like right then and there. Yeah, um, the only people that I've ever seen that uh, was when I was in the army. We used right. To have, um, you know, paper shot records and stuff like that. And when you go in for like your, um, we have these things called PHAs, uh, periodic health assessments. When you go in to get your boosters and all sort of stuff. Um, Anyways, um, but uh, yeah, you had to show your your um, shot record, and the medics like myself, we'd update it. You know, we put the the lot serial number of the shots or the vaccines that you got, and we notate it in your your file. So, um, but yeah, but actually carrying it around with you to prove that you've had a vaccination record, unheard of. Um, yeah, that seems that seems very very dystopian and pretty weird to have happen. Yeah, I've never seen it before um, until now. Um, and I was, I was, I just want to bring this up because I think this is hilarious. Um, so there was that lawsuit going on. I think it was at Harvard, um, saying that it discriminated against Asian American students, mm-hmm. um, because they were basically just sidestepping them when it came to tuition and all sorts of benefits and whatever else. Um, one of, uh, the executive orders that Biden passed, um, was to combat racism against Asian Americans and Pacific Islanders. Oh yeah. Anyway, I, saw, I, saw, I just <laughs> saw that one. <laughs> Yeah, and yet you had the courts that threw out their lawsuit. Um, I think I want to say it was either Harvard or Yale, one of the two. Um, but saying that uh, you know Asian American students uh, weren't eligible for different benefits that the, the school offered, like tuition, or whatever else, um, because they weren't considered a minority anymore. I think was the reason. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I, I don't know. It, this whole shit is just ass backwards anymore. Um, yeah, and that's that's another uh, like, uh, what's that called? When you get when they when they when they pick a racial groups and you can get into college easier. What's that affirmative action? Like yeah, the whole the the whole affirmative action argument, and like especially in the most recent times, like it's gotten to a point now to where it just hearing it sounds so incredibly racist because like them the the qualifications for somebody to do a job. It should just be based off their qualifications. I don't understand why right. someone's race has anything to do with whether or not they're going to be a good doctor or not. Right. I mean, like, I get the whole, like, oh, we need to have, you know, an X amount of, you know, this demographic or this age or whatever else. But even then, I don't think it should be based on race at all. Because, like you said, if, if you're smart enough and you meet the, the criteria to get into a certain program, then who cares what your background is? I mean, right. that shouldn't make any freaking difference at all. Um, and in fact, uh, I think John Stossel, he did a, a, I love John Stossel. He's probably like the only like true centrist journalist anymore. That just right. Really um, but he does a lot of investigative journalism and all that kind of stuff. And I saw one on affirmative action, like the NAACP and all sort of kind of stuff. And basically like their policies hurt African-Americans and um, over you know the course of their education, all that kind of stuff. And it sets them up for failure later on in their practices, in fact, are kind of racist. Right. You know, yeah, exactly. Um, and how they, they target it and all that kind of stuff. But, um, yeah, it's, 
it's just getting out of control to the point now where like like race is such a hot button issue in the country but the term racism doesn't really carry that much weight anymore so now you mm-hmm. notice that Media, they switched it to white nationalism now. Yeah, multicultural yep. whiteness. Which, how the fuck does that even make sense? Yeah, that doesn't even make sense because they were targeting the guy from uh, the Proud Boys and saying that he was part of a multicultural racist issue that's going through the country. So pretty much, if you if you don't agree with what they're saying and claiming everything is racist and you are not white, then you're part of the problem too. Is where they're getting right. the stuff now. Yeah. It, it, I can't keep up with the mental gymnastics anymore. Like we're doing flips so much, like everybody's just puking on themselves. Uh, what was my other thing here? Real quick. Oh, AOC, AOC at it again. Um, I'm sure you've seen it, Greg. The whole yeah. crap where she was claiming to be <laughs> in the building when the rioters and stuff were coming in, and all this other crap. Well, it later came out that she wasn't even in the same building. She was actually across the street. She was in no immediate danger. And granted, yeah, was she probably scared? Sure. You know, um, but then she tried to basically like demonize that cop that came in to see if anybody else was in the building. Mm -hmm. He was really aggressive and he was, he didn't have a partner with him and he just seemed off. Yeah. And then somehow that turned into, I'm a survivor of sexual assault. Yeah. Um, That got thrown in there too, which again, what does that have to do with anything? I mean, her argument was like, oh, that's why I'm always on edge and that's why I don't trust cops in the Saturday or some shit, which, again, I'm like, how does that even apply in that situation? Um, but, yeah, she totally made all that stuff up and then she tried to claim some dumb shit like, oh, um, they were in the tunnels underneath or something goofy like that. Right. I'm like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, these are people, not rats. Um, and then there was a her one staffer came out and said, like, oh, we were barricaded in the bathroom in her office that AOC just told me, you know, oh, I can't believe this is happening. I just I just wanted to, you know, be a mother at some point in my life, blah, blah, blah. And it's like, really? Because you're, like, the biggest advocate for freaking... Yeah, uh, she's... All, they, all that they've talked about is, like, abortion, and all that they've talked about is how the world's going to end in, in, so, in so many years because of global warming. When they, when they do things like this where they want to be the victim, they always find a way to just like make their other arguments prove to just be straight up lies right. with what they're saying. Cause it's just like, I don't know. They, they try to, they try to do two things at once and then admit that one of those two things is fraud right. every time they do stuff like this. And AOC is no stranger to manipulating a situation to, for one, make it about herself and for two, uh, turning into something that it's not at all, um, with exaggerations or just whatever. Um, you know, kind of like how she accused uh, Ted Cruz of trying to have her murdered. Yeah, <laughs> during the which, which realistically, he could probably go after her for saying that, for defamation yeah. or, or, or some sort. Or libel or something. I don't know. If yeah. Would kind of, I guess, is like damage to any kind of like monetary stuff that he's got going on. But yeah, I mean, she clearly like slanders this guy and he was willing to work with her. And that was regarding the, the GameStop um, hedge fund stuff. Right. He admitted and agreed with her that like, yeah, this is wrong. We shouldn't be able to do this. People should be able to free trade and open companies like that, blah, blah, blah. And then her tweet was like, yeah, even though I agree with me, I still don't like it because you tried to have me murdered, basically. Right. Everybody was like, what the hell are you talking about? Like, she's she's an expert at like trying to turn it into something that's not. And then just, yeah. Oh, look at me type attention shit. Um, but we yeah. got, we, we got to get, I got, we got to get wrapped up here shortly. I got to get somewhere. Yeah. No worries. We can um, hit the last couple of points. Yeah, the Washington Capitol, uh, that real quick. Uh, 
that almost seems like a foreshadowing with how Biden is basically treating all this and all of his executive orders, because um, I've seen uh, a couple podcasts from actually like um, leftist leaning outlets, uh, pretty much saying that like Biden is just, he's a dick. Like he's just doing shit. Like I, sh- I showed you that one, I think it was Tim Wolf. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. uh, a friend of mine on Facebook shared it and I was like, holy shit. And that dude, I went back and I looked at um, some of his videos and stuff on YouTube. He's definitely not like, even centrist. No, not by any means. Like that dude is heavy leftist. And right. He calling on Biden and saying like he's a douchebag and he doesn't yeah. know shit about. Yeah. He 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 was right about like everything. Like I don't I don't agree with much of what he says outside of that specific conversation that he was having. But right. all that all that Joe Biden does is he just uh, he'll cater to whoever it is that he needs to get something from. Like he's a flavor of the week kind of guy, and everything right. that he, the, everything that he promised every single group, he hasn't he hasn't come through on. He never will either. Now the oh. only thing that he's coming through on is all these all these lobbyists that helped him get to where he's at. That's why he's going right. to make sure that he he's going to make sure that big tech gets what they need. He's going to make sure that that BlackRock and Wall Street are going to get what they want. And right. for for all the all the talk about how Donald Trump was backed by Wall Street, I don't know if you've ever seen like the numbers of Wall Street like uh, co- Wall Street corporations that donated to Joe Biden in comparison to Donald Trump. It's not even close right. to the same thing. No, not so either. it's such a huge difference. Not yeah, I, I mean you can't even compare them really. And with all the EOs and stuff that he's doing and just his actions so far and all of his proposals, that wall around the White House makes a lot of sense. Right. Um, yeah. Now they're, now they're arguing to try to get uh, National Guard there permanently, you know, either rotations or whatever. Um, and they're, you know, it's going to cost X billions of dollars, whatever else. You got a bunch of Republican um, senators and stuff like that that are pissed off saying, like, why, why do we need that for one? And for two, um, that wall wasn't supposed to be permanent in general. But like I said, with all the stuff that they're trying to do that he's already done, it makes a lot of sense because right. eventually the left and the right are going to realize it's not so much us. I mean, there's always going to be internal conflict. Don't get me wrong, just political ideology, stuff like that. But once people finally start to realize that, look, it's not the right or the left that are causing the problems for each other, they're going to look upward and they're going to realize that, no, it's the asshole behind the fence. They're the ones that are ruining our lives. They're the ones that are killing our jobs. They're the ones that, you know, my kids can't go back to school, can't do this, can't do that. And then, yeah, then the White House, the the Capitol, essentially, is going to be prepared for it because the fence is already going to be there. Right. they might even put permanent structures in, like concrete walls or some shit. You know? Right. I think that one of the biggest, the one of the biggest problems with all that is the the way that the the media in this country has handled all of these situations. Because the right. the media has covered, they hide stuff, they they'll uh, frame stuff in a different way to make it so it comes out in a better light. Like if, if Donald Trump does the exact same thing that Joe Biden does, the way that they'll cover it will be entirely different. Yeah. It's yeah, not going to be. It's not going to be covered with the same. It's not going to have the same ire if. It's something that's bad that is done by either one of them, even though the thing yeah. is bad either way. Yeah. Yeah. And just looking at the coverage of how uh, Biden's actions and policies so far, how none of it is being like hailed in like a negative light. Everything is like, you know, this is going to be great. Blah, blah, blah. You know, I mean, you see it, MSNBC, CNN, all those guys, everything that Joe Biden does is like, it's, it's, you know, freaking covered in gold. Right. Um, compared to Trump, which the <laughs> CNN's ratings have plummeted dramatically since yeah, the yeah. office. Which, because it's just like fulfilling that kind of well, that self fulfilling prophecy there, I guess. Of like, yeah, once Trump is gone, what are you guys going to talk about? Apparently, nothing. Yeah, there, um, the ratings continue to tank, but all all the major news networks after the election, Fox's ratings have gone down. I think that people have gotten to a point where they're so tired of being fed whatever it is that they're trying to feed them that they've gone to yeah. outside 
outside like stuff that you love people's podcasts other media sources they're going to those places because they don't feel like they have such a driving force to push an agenda that they're just reporting something that they feel is truthful and i think that it's starting to get in touch more with people's personal ideology yeah and one last thing i did want to bring up too just because this one kind of hits home for me is like the leading out of extremists in, in the military the 60 day stand down um, by the, the new Secretary of Defense, I forget his name. I did some research on him. He was basically asked to resign or retire back towards, I think it was like the last two years of Obama's presidency there. He was asked to retire um, because he failed to recognize the threat of ISIS and ISIL. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, he just like was like, no, they're not a big deal. Um, meanwhile, they're literally committing genocide and all sorts of shit. But um, So he was asked to retire, and that dude was a ghost. I mean, like Politically, he was dead and buried until Biden became president, and now magically he's Secretary of Defense. And then there's this supposed extremist problem within the military, which in my opinion, it's a giant loyalty test. They want to see who's going to be able to take blind orders or follow those, those orders blindly rather and have an allegiance to the federal government rather than the constitution. So, cause I mean, I'll be the first to tell you there was no racism when I was in the military. There was right. no I'm sure that there's some people in there that have, you know, hidden beliefs or whatever else, but they did not make it present. It's still not illegal to have those beliefs right. uh, protected. As, and when you start trying to bring those to fruition and forcing it on others, that's when it becomes a problem. But mm-hmm. uh, shit, dude, I, I, I have like really brothers and sisters from all walks of life that I would, I would bleed for. Like, right. no, like not even hesitation in the same. Um, so like this whole extremism thing, I think it, it honestly makes me mad because I, I serve the people that I would easily give my life for. Mm-hmm. I think it's disgusting. And now you have a 60 day stand down. And there's going to be all sorts of dumbass classes. And if you've ever served in the military, you know exactly what I'm talking about. Death by PowerPoint type stuff. Uh, basically telling you, like, you're wrong if you support Trump or you have conservative views or whatever the fuck they're going after. Um, but to me, it's all a giant loyalty test. They want to lead out yep. people that aren't going to follow the federal government. So. I believe them. Uh, yeah, we'll see how it goes. I still got some friends in the military. They are in the US, so, You know, they're looking for the military classes and shit. And I'm sure at some point the US Army will fuck moments that we all see on Facebook and stuff. Somebody's probably gonna snap pictures of the, the classes and stuff like that. That's right. So uh I just have to wait and see how that one goes really. But uh I think we'll wrap it up here. I know you got a uh, place to be and um I'll start editing this out or not editing it out but editing rather um as soon as we're done here. So no any last any last remarks at all or anything or no uh... Just don't trust the government. That's yeah. pretty much it. <laughs> don't listen. Don't uh, listen to mainstream news. Honestly, yeah. Do your do your own research. Cross reference everything. Check multiple sources. Check credible sources. Scholarly stuff like that. But don't take anything at face value if the government puts it out. So, but I think that's pretty much it. Greg, thanks again for being on, man. Yeah, man. Um, it was a pretty good fucking discussion. We covered a lot of stuff, and um, I'll get this up ASAP. So. From all of us here, uh, we'll catch you guys next time. See ya.